0: Hello, and welcome to Cannibalizing the Canon, episode 32. It's a questions episode.
1: Wow, what a title. (laughs) I just,
0: look, your title is just questions with an exclamation mark.
1: Yeah, well, like, we never follow what I write, like, that's... (laughs) that's
0: true. Um, I am Rin slash V slash Fella slash three dogs who aren't even in a trench coat today. We're just vibing. We're just chilling out. And
1: I am the guy that forced me to do the intro, because I was eating garlic bread at the time. Anyway! (laughs) (laughs) Or Glaive, I don't know, this might be your first episode. If it's so, hi!
0: (laughs) (laughs) If this is your first episode, what an episode to start with. Like, what a a crazy random happenstance for you to pick episode 32 as your first episode. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Throughout this episode, I'll be eating garlic bread. This is, we don't have a choice in this. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, as I said before, garlic bread—the bread of kings. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, honestly, you should have expected this. Listening to a podcast with two ace people on it.
0: Honestly, like, <laughs> like it's the 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 only impressive thing about this is that I'm not eating garlic bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, I want garlic bread.
1: <laughs> but are you wearing your? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be. Let's have a, a, a smidge of professionalism here. Uh-huh, sure. um, are you wearing your ace ring?
0: I am. Yeah, there it is.
1: <laughs> I'm not. Mine's in a thing behind me, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. I know where it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that, sh- that should be like ace 101. Do you know where your ace ring is?
1: <laughs> it protects you from the aloes. <laughs> Unless you wear it it on the wrong finger, because then it doesn't.
0: And then it really doesn't. And then it encourages them.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Fun fun fact. No, I want to explain that joke. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So which hand is it? It's the left hand, middle finger. Right hand, middle finger. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If you wear a black ring, that is the asexual ring.
0: If you see someone out in the wild with a black ring on their middle finger on their right hand, there is a chance. This is not a guarantee because some people just wear what the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. But there is a chance that, that person is Ace, and you can give them the secret signal to know that you know, and then they know that you know that they know that you know.
1: please okay, what the fuck's the secret signal? No,
0: I just made it up.
1: <laughs> okay, good.
0: This is how folklore starts, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're just secretly... Whatever signal you give is the secret signal. Good job. Uh
0: Absolutely. But if they don't recognize it, that's on them, not you. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you go up to someone and, like, the duck quacks at midnight. But, yeah, mm, a secret signal right there.
0: (laughs) The duck quacks at midnight? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Someone's been reading John (laughs) LeCartre.
1: I don't fucking know. Anyway, (laughs) if you have the ring on, like... I don't know which one it is—index finger or one of the other ones. I don't know.
0: So yeah, so it's any other ring, any other finger other than the middle one. If you have a black ring, it's a representation that you are a swinger and available.
1: Any other finger besides the any, right any middle? Any any other finger, finger on
0: that hand? Yeah.
1: Interesting. Fascinating.
0: <laughs> there's been a there's been a lot of drama about it online because you know. There swinger is, there... is
1: almost the opposite of what an asexual person is
0: basically and honestly like i get it because like you know ace repulsed beans like sex repulsed aces are, like no we don't want the association mm-hmm. and some people just assume it's any finger on that hand is a swinger and blah 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 blah. but honestly like the swingers are very clear about this yep they actually um, fucking
1: have it on websites saying like hey if it's on the middle finger that's a no-no
0: <laughs> exactly so like i feel like you know it's cute. chill. It's a vibe, you
1: know. Anyway, this episode isn't about asexuality and uh, I mean and it
0: could be. <laughs>
1: it could be. It could be. Ooh, could it be? Do we want to change the topic of the episode while in the, in like, while, <laughs> like, in like the middle of recording? Okay.
0: There's Okay.
1: T- yeah, go ahead.
0: This I was is gonna more say, of
1: a this is gonna be a loosey goosey episode, I think.
0: <laughs> I feel no, I feel like we stick with our plan of answering questions, mm-hmm. but we circle back around to doing an ace episode at some point.
1: Right, but uh, what I was about to suggest was talk about asexuality and, and D&D, but yes, that's exactly what you were saying. I mean, so. yeah, that's
0: going to be a whole episode. That's yeah, going to be, I yeah. to be honest, it's probably going to be more than one episode.
1: Like, I can already think of, like, the, you've got the bard stereotype that I mm-hmm. want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like, yeah, there's that's a whole thing. That's a that's whole, a whole thing. thing. I think
0: I would rather be prepared for that than, having, than just us winging it. Off the top of our heads, right now,
1: we'll do it live.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we'll stick with the plan. We'll stick with the plan for once.
1: For once. (laughs) So, what's the plan be?
0: (laughs) Uh, We're going to be answering some of our some of the questions that have been submitted by our lovely listeners. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, If you have any questions that you would like to ask, you can tweet us at Cannibal You can also message us on our Discord, which is actually Rins Discord. (laughs) <laughs> but all the links uh below uh the beacon. Yep. We've also oh, yeah. got an email address if you want to send us that way. Cannibalizing at fuck.
0: <laughs> cannibalizing the at gmail.com. That's cannibalizing with a Z.
1: Yeah. Perfect. I just got loosey-goosey of my own mm-hmm. tongue. To hey,
0: you were in the source. I was here for it. Mm-hmm, you got mm-hmm. the Twitter name right, spot on, straight off the bat. I'm here for that. My
1: anyway. hubris was like, oh, I got it right, and then it all w- went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we're answering questions. Uh, do you want to pick the first question?
0: I want you to pick the first question, because I okay. always pick the first question.
1: It's almost like I do that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's look at the questions. I'm onto
0: your tricks, glaive I'm onto your uh-huh, tricks.
1: Uh-huh. Hmm. I'm gonna throw this at you because you've actually ran the campaign. <laughs> Strad tips would love all you have to offer because I, mean, I haven't re- ran.
0: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna break your heart now. I have never run Strad,
1: but you own it.
0: I own it. Yes, I do. It's right And here. you have thoughts me. on it. And I have thoughts on it. Yes. Absolutely.
1: I do not own Curse of Strad. I have played in Curse of Strad.
0: Mm-hmm. Same, Zees. Um, I've played in in two different two different Strad campaigns now and um and they were very different very different energies both times. Um yeah. you know, partly because you know, different DMs, different energy. That's that's, that's how it is.
1: That's how it is.
0: <laughs> um Tips on Stroud. Okay, so are we talking tips on the campaign or tips on specifically Stroud?
1: That's a good question.
0: Let's do both.
1: Let's do both. So,
0: <laughs> so in terms of the campaign, um it is a gothic horror campaign. Um I would uh I mean, you don't have to lean into that obviously you can do what you like you can make it a zany scooby-doo-esque situation if you want to make it that i'm here for that energy let's go but traditionally <laughs> who knew that strad this whole time was old man jenkins like <laughs> <Scoob>.
1: <laughs> playing a ranger with a great Dane animal companion
0: oh. absolutely absolutely um Yeah, it's it's if if, for the more traditionalists, um, it's gothic horror. It's you know you you, there is an optional starter kind of mini, I want to say mini game, but that's not what the word I was looking for. Mini kind of adventure called Mm -hmm. Death House, which really throws you into um the vibe. I would say yeah, um, it can get you up to level three straight off the bat it gives you a kind of a real good flavor of how this whole adventure is going to go in that someone will probably die and um i mean it, the clues in the name it's a death house it does death you know
1: um death house didn't give us much trouble actually
0: all right bragger the Christie over here <laughs> i have i have played death house like four times total that's, not including
1: what is this match as Curse of Shred?
0: Yeah. Not including I'm not including um the, the one of my amazing friends, um and amazing DM uh friend of the channel, uh Ashton Duncan, who wrote the summer games that mm-hmm. I have run for you previously, um has written rewritten Death House. Um uh it's Van Richten goes to Ravenloft. And it's very much, um, without getting too into it, Venrickton is a voice in a ring mm. telling you what to do. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I'll have to play, uh, I'll have to run it for you sometime because um, I think you would appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so, not including that, I have played Death House four times. Mm-hmm. And I think out of the four times, we've had someone die three of those times.
1: Mm. One of them was me.
0: And one of them was a TPK.
1: Yeah, that'll do it. Mhm,
0: mhm. Ghost never... behind a door. Fucked me over.
1: I mean, we came close in Curse of Strahd, but we didn't have a TPK,
0: mm. thankfully. No, we, we, we haven't had a TPK in, in Curse of Strahd. We have had character die, but they were a Revenant, so it didn't mm-hmm. really matter. Because they just came back as someone else.
1: <laughs> I mean... We didn't start the campaign of a revenant player.
0: <laughs> Technically we didn't either, but it wasn't that a player turned into a revenant, it was that someone joined in mm-hmm. as a revenant. So
1: Right, right, right.
0: Um, but that's a that's a whole different story that I'm still emotional about. Anyway, um yeah, so both so both times we you know, you kinda we learn into the to the, the gothic aspects of it. Um in terms of your description, you wanna be Really, kind of focusing on the the dichotomy of light and dark because there's not a lot of light
1: mm-hmm. in
0: Ravenloft. It's just it's a it's a real grim, dark place. And um, I would always check in with your players about what they are comfortable with because some of the stuff is not great. No. like it's it's not particularly it's not particularly. Um, Graphic? we're not talking
1: about 40k levels of nonsense no. <clears throat> um but there are d- some more, yeah
0: things that are touched upon that, uh, that can make people uncomfortable
1: this is why we communicate with our players and exactly. when it becomes when it's very obvious that someone's that uncomfortable at the table then you take a breather and you discuss or you if if they're willing to about what what's happening and what can be done to like get past that yeah Simple
0: as. Yeah, uh, how how best you can mitigate that and 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 make sure that they are as comfortable as possible. Because um, you're meant
1: to be having fun playing this game.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and I will say there are certain points in Curse of Strahd where it's not so much that we weren't having fun.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: was that it felt like we were very far away from our end goal. Right. Um, And that wasn't a bad thing, but for players who, you know, a very kind of methodical and a plus b equals c so therefore we must be here kind of thing yeah that can that can feel quite stressful i guess is the word i'm looking for <laughs> um but i you know that's something that you kind of have to figure out with with your table in terms of how much that affects people
1: i mean it's interesting because like curse of strata as an adventure has a lot of like we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what the plan is, but we're just gonna keep doing stuff until something comes up.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It is very much a kind of a, a seat of the pants in terms of the actual adventures. Um if you are playing Curse of Stride in a fest face-to-face setting, uh set dressing is your friend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like if you can get that goth shit on, let's go. Like get some of those like electronic candles that flicker. Get set the vibe. Let's do it. Um, as for Strad himself, there are many, 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 many different variations on Strad. There are your stereotypical Transylvanian vampire types. There's Enter the your Stradverse, yeah, end of the Stradverse, literally. Um, I've seen Strad as a uh, looks like Hozier type, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. kind of like soft spoken enchanting in that sort of way because, you know, vampires are this kind of, like, very enchanting, seductive situation. It's
1: the idea of, like, take me to the church! No, don't! That's a bad idea, actually. <laughs> no! Not doing that. <laughs>
0: Pretty much. Um, but that kind of, like, again, like, vampires have this you know, this this energy that is very kind of seductive and especially with the power that they wield. People can be entranced by that. And I mean,
1: it, it's the know. same reason. The reason why Strad's like that is because Dracula's like that. Strad is Dracula, but in a DD and d context. Exactly. Uh, everything, and because Dracula is such a cultural phenomenon where, like, you can't just stamp him down and be like, yeah, hey, Dracula, he comes in many iterations. He's Absolutely. hundreds and hundreds. From, like, the classic universal monster movies mm-hmm. uh, to, like, Christopher Lee, Dracula, yep. to modern day interpretations—it's just all over ways. This is why you anyone—he's like the Joker. Anyone yep. could play Dracula and bring their own take onto him. Anyone can be Strad, and except for Jared time. Leto, except for Jared Leto, banned. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's morbid time.
0: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Gee, he has done Dracula!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Michael Morbius is not Dracula, but anyway.
0: <laughs>
1: it's as close as we're gonna get.
0: Yeah, uh, and I, I, I I'm okay with that. Yeah. He's not he's now no longer allowed to touch any other franchise. I'm sorry. Banned.
1: You know he's gonna that's Yeah, sad. I know.
0: Um if you just as a heads up as well, if you did want to do like a very silly curse of strad which i kind of want to run a very silly curse of strad now i would mm-hmm. be fascinated to see how that plays out um if you want if you want a fun strad the count from sesame street, from sesame let's street. Go. Uh, uh, uh. i regret none of my life choices because i just feel like you know that's
1: one the- fireball <laughs> <Two fireballs. sighs>
0: i just feel like that's the energy i need um yeah, I will say, uh, and no spoilers um, for the campaign. Um, one of the the times that I played, we did not survive mm-hmm. uh, encountering Stroud, and one of the times we very much did, and mm-hmm. uh, it was beautiful and emotional, but um, mostly funny because uh, so so Stroud lives in a big castle, yeah, with lots and lots and lots of rooms.
1: That's called Ravenloft.
0: It's called Ravenloft. It's grand old time. Um, it's like Hotel California. Once you're in there, you can't leave. Anyway,
1: we've left many times. <laughs> <but> yeah,
0: <laughs> we we entered once, we left once. Done. <laughs> um, uh, and and you know, uh, for a castle with many, 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 many different rooms, um, you could imagine that it's going to take you a little while to get through all those rooms, mm-hmm. and find Strad. Maybe a couple of sessions, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we accidentally found a shortcut and found Stroud within twenty minutes of entering the house.
1: Would that shortcut be behind that instrument?
0: Possibly.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. There's probably multiple shortcuts. Stroud
0: was just as surprised as we were.
1: (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. cool.
0: Anyway, so yeah, Stroud's a a grand old time. uh, As long as everyone's going into it with the same expectations, basically.
1: I mean, Rin, you remember when I fought strad not because you were there but because i, I was, was getting text updates you <laughs> and it was like oh no oh no we were in the <laughs> final fight and i won't say any of the details of the final fight all i'll say is my character just happened to be locked on their own with strad and it was like oh i'm in danger <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was it was a it was an interesting time not gonna lie I mean,
1: I think I took a screenshot of it as well, and I sent it to V going like, uh-oh, uh-oh, and V's <laughs> yeah, like, ah, yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that,
0: that'll do it. That'll do it, fam. Um, but yeah, I I would like to do an episode on Stroud at some point, but I oh, think yeah. after I've run it. Yeah, that makes that sense. That requires but yeah. me to run it. Heck do you <laughs> have any
1: specific questions about running Curse of Stroud,
0: exactly.
1: uh, feel free to ask. Uh, your turn.
0: <laughs> okay, um from our sweet friend, Bobo Dogay. Hello, Bobo. Um, what are your opinions on playing stereotypes? Like the dumb barbarian, the mom friend cleric, etc.
1: I think tropes exist for a reason. Like, the, the, they work. That's what it is, essentially. You're playing tropes. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, so, for the very small amount that don't know what a trope is, <laughs> it's like a cliché. It's something that happens over and over again except unlike a cliche it's good. Cliches are like ugh again. So a very a player who plays the horny bard. Mm-hmm. In a bad way, in an annoying way. That's a cliche because that's like a you're not being creative. You're just trying to be funny in an annoying manner. Um that's the very like there's a line there, there's a way of doing it. I think that I was going to say.
0: I think there is a. I think it's it's down to how you approach it, and I, mean, I think that's the look same at for Scotland the short <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the same for for the stereotypes as well. Like as long as you are bringing them to the table with, I want to say good intentions, but hmm. you know what I mean. Like not just not just playing it for laughs. Yeah. But making sure that they're not just a stereotype. No,
1: you use them as a like not a crutch, but like a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. So that when you think of like, oh, I'm gonna play the mom friend, you use that as like a stepping stone at like for your creative ideas to go to other places that you wouldn't go otherwise.
0: Absolutely, (laughs) places you wouldn't go otherwise. Me permanently playing the mom friend. I, every time, every I've got a, uh, we have a friend called uh, Raccoon Bust. Hello, Raccoon Blust. And um, they are consistently dragging me for playing the same type of character every time.
1: You don't play the same character every time.
0: I don't, but there's always an underlying level of my friend. <laughs>
1: mm, not for multiple of the characters you've made that I've.
0: If you're referring to Estella, Estella is. Uh, not a, Estella. I adore no. Estella. Because because Estella is not a mom friend at all. She's just chaos. Yeah,
1: but I'm also referring to like uh, Lizzie, and
0: yeah. But uh, we have I'm I i have not played Lizzie yet, so you have no. You
1: have they, they you don't have. know yet.
0: They don't know. <laughs> I know, you know, but they don't um, know.
1: And then another character is uh, oh fuck oh no, what's their name? I don't the I, I, the crooked one. One shot. I ran
0: oh yes Jay. she's not
1: a mom friend
0: she's not a mom friend she's very good at pretending to be a mom friend for five Mm -hmm. minutes though
1: yeah but that is not that character that's true
0: that's true that's true
1: (laughs) but then if you if you're the kind of player that that has a favorite kind of character that they enjoy playing over and over again then that there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing like you know no one's fun is wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the thesis statement here um but you could always take that concept and put a twist on it. Try something else. Try, like, I know if you're playing. If you always play a dumb barbarian because you enjoy that kind of character, there's all sorts of facets you could explore with that. Like, the quote unquote dumb barbarian in the Nocturne campaign that I've ran for six years, uh, Uzdreg, uh the half orc, he. he he is not the same kind of dumb barbarian as, say, another big example being, uh, um, you know, who I'm talking about, Grog. The- Grog, yeah. My brain mm-hmm. just d- did not want to give me that name. <laughs> so yeah, Uzdrek is not Grog. Uzreg is does not have intelligence, but he doesn't. It's not. But he has like he he's not treated as if he's dumb or stupid. Mm-hmm. He's treated as if he could probably gain knowledge if he wanted to. He just chooses not to. It's a, it's a, it's a line at some point. I can't remember when it was said, but I, I think, I think. Shout out to David. He said it was like Ustreik. David- could probably read. He just chooses not to.
0: <laughs> I mean, David's a, another brilliant example of of taking that. Mm-hmm. That in the, barbarian in the one stereotype, Absolutely.
1: anniversary one shot yeah
0: yeah it wasn't that he wasn't smart it was that he's having to do everything in a different language to his own
1: yeah and the beautiful thing about that was the other players didn't know and they discovered it in real time like oh wait oh fuck <laughs> and there's me in the background going hey, 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 hey. <laughs> i knew about this the whole time <laughs>
0: that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun um wow. but yeah stereotypes uh, there's nothing inherently wrong with stereotypes as long as you're approaching it from a from a place of of n- not just doing it for shits, for shits and, and, gits, and giggles you know <laughs> um yeah yeah i yeah. like them I, I i love playing stereotypes i think it's just it for me it's it's easy because i know what the stereotype is supposed to do which means i can focus on other parts of the character
1: that's another important aspect when you play a stereotype that's only at the beginning. Mm, you develop your character over time so that it's like, yeah, they're, they're not g- just a two-dimensional character that, that is just like, ha-ha, I'm the horny bard. Because, <laughs> um, again, look at Scanlan Shorholt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He is not your stereotypical horny bard.
0: <laughs> 100%.
1: He may have started off that way. He may have had that intention, but very quickly it was like oh there's a lot more to this yep (laughs) and if your dm is good they will sure they're they're gonna stoke that fire (laughs) they're like yes absolutely let's see where you go (laughs) (laughs) heck yeah
0: yeah all right your turn
1: fuck um (laughs) we have a question from narrator npcs how much detail do you like to give them
0: uh all right uh uh all Mm. i i i i I am i'm aware that my approach to npcs is not the same as everyone else's approach to npcs and i'm not just saying that because every dm is different blah 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 i approach npcs as if they were pcs of their own world
1: that that makes sense
0: because everyone is is a is a main character in their own world in their own little bubble um and and I and in fairness, a lot of my NPCs are either former characters that I've played in the past and have just brought into this new setting, or characters that I never got to play. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, that's how the DM life be sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so I I I inevitably end up like building them a full character sheet and Giving them the rich backstory and and everything else. There is a caveat to this, mm-hmm. which is NPCs that you that, that I build on the fly. If I need someone in a bar, then I will identify. I think maybe four specific things about them, right? Um, not including what they're giving to the to the adventuring party, because that like the if they're there for a reason, like for example, if they're there to give an objective, or whether they're not. Intending on giving anything up—that is a separate thing for me—and that's to do with the story. The mm-hmm. NPC itself, I—I I decide four things on the fly. Um, are they happy where they are right now? Is anyone waiting for them at home? Um, how do they feel about magic? Because magic is—is a—is a little bit of a hot topic in—in in certain t- places mm-hmm. in my world. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is it? That they really want right now.
1: You said four things. You listed five things.
0: <laughs> no, no, because the objective thing is isn't isn't one of the things that I include. Okay, because okay. that's to do with the story.
1: I mean, that makes sense. Um, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, like look. Like Ren said, the way dungeon masters make NPCs is like a dime a dozen. Like everyone has their unique way what i tend to do is i dip into that brain bucket of mass media that i have consumed and i'm like i need a character that is a guard who is going to be objectionable to the char- the party uh, and then i'm like okay can i think of at any point any character in any of the movies or tv shows or books i've read that i that 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 fits that description.
0: Just that uh, mental image of like in inside your head, a tiny version of you just scrolling through a little Rolodex.
1: That's my mind palace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I think of like <clears> that the, the the movie Robots <laughs> mm-hmm. the 3D animated movie by I think Dreamworks made it. I could be wrong about that. Um starring Ewan McGregor and Robin Williams. <laughs> uh there is this hand puppet Mm Guards at the door. That's really annoying. Now imagine that, but a gnome (laughs) (laughs) on his own pedestal in like this tiny tower. Like, what do you want? No! (laughs) And shuts the door on them. (laughs) It's like, ah, hmm. (laughs) And then you go for the whole thing of like, yes, no matter what you do, this barrier seems to be immune to magic. Mm -hmm. You can't just blast your way through here. You need to convince this gnome guard to let you in. It, and then i you know no planning no pre-flop that's i just made it up off the top of my head just now so yeah that's how i make npcs
0: <laughs> you are very good at, at just pulling things from the air and yes. making them kind of very that's very my three-dimensional
1: that's my gm style <laughs> it's yeah, like that's, i that's pull things superpower. out of my arse and hope for the best <laughs> that's
0: how every gm does it but you you no, you are very good at i think again because you have that bucket and by the way i think bucket is short selling it a little bit i think it's a swimming pool sized vessel it's a large at the very bucket. least it's a very, <laughs> it's a very big bucket um of being able to just kind of pull on those resources is very good which again is a is a great reason why as as a gm or a dm or even as a writer consuming media is so important because it oh, yeah. can influence and change how you write so, things
1: but that's the thing because then you take like if I'm making, if I am prepping, where I'm not making an MC on the fly, if I'm prepping something and I have my characters that are going to appear in front of the party, then I take the same kind of steps, but it's a lot more intense, and there's probably a lot more sources. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't be taking from one source, I'll be taking from multiple, and I kind of just smash them together until I have some kind of character that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, like for example, and this episode, is not going to come out until... Uh, Wednesday, so my players aren't going to hear this. I'm going to be running a session of Nocturne soon. How soon? I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have in mind, I haven't got this locked down yet, but there's an entire empire that is on the uh, It's on the other continent of Antares that mm-hmm. the party have never met. It's like a Roman Empire type civilization that they've heard about from the distance, but they've never met any of them, anyone from there. They've never met any soldiers. They've never met any of the politicians or anything. They're just vaguely aware that that exists. Uh huh. I'm gonna throw the empress at them.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's that's a that's a thing.
1: <laughs> so the idea of the empress is that. To give you some context for Nocturne right now, is that they've got the Chaos God that has been the big bad stuck in a sword. And the criminal organization that was working with the Chaos God is still loose and has kind of imploded a bit and become a bunch of smaller cells, each acting as like a chaotic powder keg ready to explode. Uh, because they've all got access to these magic items that can ruin everyone's day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Empress of um, Cyrodiil, I think. It's not Cyrodiil. That's That that right there is Elder Scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember its name off the top of my head. It's fine. That's a good GM tip. Don't feel bad about not remembering all the details of your world. That's what notes are for. Absolutely. Uh, but basically, Sunil, I think it's called. Yeah, it's close to Cyrodiil. But anyway... Um, This Empress has heard all of this nonsense going on and is already aware of, like, the flyns being a problem for her. She's going to show up to the party at what is essentially the equivalent to Vatican City in my world. And Mm -hmm. be like, okay, we need to talk. (laughs) Because I've heard about you and we need to be on the same page. (laughs) That's valid. Uh, So, in my mind... As a character, she's like a combination of Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. She's a bit like Galadriel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's a bit like Aragorn mm-hmm. as well. Specifically Aragorn at the end of Return of the King. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's good as well to Keep in mind, characters can be different depending on what, what point you grab Absolutely. them from.
0: <laughs> it's almost as if characters change and develop over time. My mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. In this economy...
1: And she's going to have a bit of uh, Princess Leia in her as well. Because of course she is.
0: She's, of course she is.
1: She's she's not here for red tape and nonsense. She's here to protect her people and be like, mm-hmm. no, no, you don't get to talk right now. I just need you to answer my questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, all the other characters that are in um, Providence, which is the name of the this Vatican City that I have,
0: are all just going to be
1: like, they're either, they're going to be in two camps. Half of them are going to be stuffy and be like, oh, how dare she enter the our city and start bossing people around. And the ever have like, dude, shut the fuck up. She can <laughs> wipe the floor of us by herself. She doesn't even need her empire. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love that. That's great.
1: That's a glimpse on how I make, how much detail I put into my NPC. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <right. laughs> Yeah, I don't even think about, like, what's influencing me in terms of, like, my NPCs. Like, I know there are influences. I just yeah, don't really give them. Yeah, to consideration. be, because that's
1: how we are creative.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just, my brain doesn't, doesn't. we we, we just kind of gloss over that. Which is like, no, no, it doesn't matter. It's fine.
1: <laughs> I'm going for the roller day. So your brain is, like, grabbing a stack of papers. It's like, ah, yep. Yeah. This is from somewhere.
0: <laughs> I love that you think my brain's that organized that we have a stack. Jeez, no, it's just paper. everywhere. I didn't everywhere. say it was,
1: like, an organized stack. I'm saying, like, a few scraps of paper. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, 100%. Just, like, scrabbling on the floor for bits of paper with, like, clues. I on don't them.
1: know where this is from, but it's good, so we're using it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Basically. she's like, that'll do. Slap it on there. It's fine. <laughs> 100%. Um... Oh no, it's me! Dang. Yeah, uh, this okay. might be the
1: last question, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's valid. Um, okay, uh, which type, which damage type would you choose to be immune to? <laughs> Bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing?
1: <laughs> How dare you! <laughs>
0: <laughs> which was your... sent in by a by a by a first time listener.
1: <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Almost like someone was asking questions in our question document to help two friends who were doing an episode. I don't know what you're talking about right now. I don't know what you're
0: talking about right now.
1: No, we definitely did the April 1st episode. It was us doing that recording. It's
0: definitely us. Anyway, ask the question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's interesting. I think, like, if I take slashing damage, that means that my cat can't scratch me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but if I take bludgeoning damage, does that mean that I'm immune to, like, if I fall off a high place, I'm going to be okay, because that's bludgeoning. Yeah. Yeah. I think that has more uses.
0: But how often are you in a high place?
1: If I'm immune to it, all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I'm immune to blizzling damage, I'm climbing all the fucking trees. Let's go.
1: Like, I cannot die from falling from a high place. I could get rich off of that power.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true. I love, by the way, this is the, this, the second time this week in which you've said if we had that power, we would be making money from it. Like, yeah, this yep. is I, it's just a, a wonderful glimpse into how your brain works. It's like we live in a capitalist society. All right, let's exploit that shit. Yeah, right, let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because not only is bludgeoning damage preventing me from dying from falling off high buildings, mm. I'm also suddenly bulletproof because bullets is not piercing.
0: Uh, I wouldn't argue that bullets are bludgeoning, though. I would argue that bullet, depending on the bullet. Okay. Because armor-piercing rounds are going to fuck you up.
1: Okay, that's fair. But I don't... So th- th- you're going to have to be very specific as to what kind of gun you're being shot by. But I think most bullets... Like, if you take piercing damage as a concept, you, I'm thinking of, like, a uh, 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 rapier. Mm-hmm. You stab someone with a rapier, that's piercing damage. You're sure. using the sharp end to pierce into sure. someone. Bullets sure. do not use a sharp end to pierce, they use kinetic energy to it into you. Because it breaks the skin doesn't mean that it's not bludgeoning.
0: True. Also, just to stress, we both think that guns are terrible and y'all need to sort out your gun laws.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: Just, just so we're clear on where we stand on this. Yeah. You know, in case there was any doubt.
1: Guns are stupid. Fucking mm-hmm. stop it.
0: <laughs> Please stop it. It's it's getting silly now.
1: We're not solving um, this issue here, but yeah. No, oh God,
0: no. But um,
1: uh,
0: yeah. I I Here's the thing. I also think bludgeoning, but mm-hmm. not so I can throw myself off a high place and survive. Yeah. But because bludgeoning is the most likely damage that, I, that I'm that I likely to encounter in my day-to-day life.
1: Yeah.
0: I have fallen downstairs... See, I own a cat, so that's
1: different. Yeah. The-
0: <laughs> I have fallen downstairs more times than I would uh, like to admit publicly. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and one of the most significant times that I fell down the stairs... And thought I'd broken my leg, and then a rat came and stared at me. Um,
1: That's a whole story in itself. But okay, <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah, um, I had a bruise that was this the the size of the bruise it's like on my a leg.
1: Version of Ratatouille, anyway. Right. A
0: really a really <laughs> shitty version of Ratatouille. Um, the size of the bruise on my leg was bigger than my head, mm. and I don't have a small head, so you know. Um, and it and it was really bad. and It was really painful. And um, and again, I I would have I would not have been so injured from the other day when I dropped a knife on my foot. I am fine, just to clarify, I am fine. <laughs> but the weight of the knife left a bruise, and that's the most annoying part because it fucking hurts. Um, so if I could remove bludgeoning damage, I would never bruise. Yeah, that's the energy I want because bruises are, um, are like my. Goddamn nemesis. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that you
1: can earn money from. Like, you're suddenly the world's best boxer.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: Like, yeah, I can to be in any boxing ring ever. No one would ever be able to defeat me because no one's stabbing me.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would have to learn how to box just so that I could no. knock someone else out.
1: No, it's easy. You don't even need to know how to knock them out because they're going to get tired before. Yeah, so
0: am I. Yeah, but you're not gonna get tired from the punches. No, but I'm still gonna get tired. I would learn how to box just to end it so I'm just not bored. Do you know how much time I would be wasting standing in the middle of a boxing ring when I could be like catching up on Netflix shows? Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, yeah. I
0: guess. I just I'm standing there like looking at my watch, going, Look, a new episode of fucking Strange New Worlds has just come out. (laughs) I, I gotta go, okay. But I just like the idea of
1: having no training and having, like, one of the world's best boxers just, like, really trying to do it. And then I'm like, I just need to get a good punch, but I don't even need to mind your punches. They're just, Mm -hmm. they're not even in the way. I just need to punch you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but they're moving and ducking and weaving. So it's like, uh, I would actually have to learn how to box. And not even to figure out how not to injure my hand when I box. Because that wouldn't be an issue anyway. No. But also, I feel like I don't want to slap someone into submission because that's kind of a dick move, you know?
1: It's okay. You can't slap people with boxing gloves.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I beg to differ.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I definitely remember being in a karate class mm-hmm. with, with gloves on that were not boxing gloves, but similar to boxing gloves and delivering a very effective backhand to someone's face. Yeah, absolutely
1: it was a punch with a different angle
0: <laughs> <laughs> no because my hand wasn't curled up in a in a fist
1: okay sure I, there was
0: it was literally like my hand was like maybe a, a, a like a like a whatever angle that is
1: whatever i'm not gonna even try
0: a hundred and, and something but not a hundred and something yep. 145 mm-hmm We'll say. No, 135, because that's halfway, yes. 135 degree angle is not a fist. Okay. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> We're leading into dangerous territory here of, like, is hot dog a sandwich?
0: <laughs> oh, God, no, no, please don't make me go back. <laughs> anyway, bludgeoning, yes. I don't like bruises. I'm sick of them.
1: Hmm. Uh, now, like, yeah, if you oh. had to pick any of the ever damage types that weren't bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. Um psychic is right out. Like I'm not concerned about psychic damage, to be honest.
0: I'll be real. I do enough psychic damage to myself, you know? Yeah,
1: hey, but that's not actual psychic damage test.
0: Just... <laughs> I'm sure it isn't to you, Sunshine. No. Um <laughs> No, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um Although, would psychic damage eliminate migraines? Maybe. Because if that was the case, hell yeah, I'd be immune to psychic damage. So let's go. Hmm. Like, I'm not saying it's going to get rid of the bump. Yeah. Stuff like migraines or like stress related headaches. That's basically psychic damage.
1: Okay. Okay. Now I'm thinking like, so you got like stuff like fire damage.
0: How often? How often am I going to deal with fire? Burn yourself? self? Yep. Yeah. Well, okay. The <laughs> yeah, hands on my scars say otherwise, but I don't burn myself that often.
1: Okay, okay.
0: And in Venice, that's never fire. That's a heat thing. Absolutely, uh, I it's think not it counts act- though. Actual fire, though.
1: I think it counts as fire damage. Yeah, shit.
0: Okay. Um. And then there's cold damage, but yeah. You know, we live in the UK. We've built up a tolerance.
1: I don't, but you do.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. The wow. UK really do be out here disrespecting yeah. Ireland this week. I'm so Whoa. sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, friends. <laughs> to all of to all of our Irish listeners, I deeply apologize. Um, my country is full yeah. of shit, and I am apparently a classic example of that. Um, lightning?
1: Nah, that's not worth it. I'm, I'm not getting struck by lightning on a regular basis.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, though. It'd be really good to never have to worry about staticky hair.
1: Sure. I'd, would lightning would protect you from like electrocution yeah yeah okay but even then I'm not getting getting let like electro- I'm not getting shocked on a regular basis yeah
0: that's true um what else is there?
1: There's force thunder? damage Thunder thunder I go to a concert and don't have to <laughs> have hearing damage
0: <laughs> I've already got hearing damage it's too late for me. <laughs> Unless it reverses stuff, it's too late for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what else is there? Force damage, I think there's nothing that causes force damage unless you get like a hurricane.
0: Here's the thing i I would argue that your your idea of 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 not taking bludgeoning damage from throwing yourself from a very high place, you would still take force damage because for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I don't know. Just because you don't bruise doesn't mean that your internal organs are not taking damage.
1: (laughs) I guess, but mm, you don't take... Hang on, hang on. Just
0: because you don't take force damage if you fall from a height in D&D doesn't mean you wouldn't take force damage. These are the rules we
1: are playing with. These are the (laughs) rules that we are following.
0: And you know as well as I do that the rules are just a fucking guideline.
1: (laughs) They're more of a guideline, really. Um... Yeah, I'm still still on the boat of bludgeoning damage, just being falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, is there any other types of damage? There's poison and such,
0: Poison, but. but yeah, again, how often does that come up? I'm only allergic to one thing, so. Although, poison would mean that you would never have hay fever ever again. Mm-hmm. Which would be really good.
1: Acid damage. Acid. I'm not m- messing with acid on a regular basis.
0: The only acid I mess with is Citric. <laughs> Love me some orange juice.
1: Uh, necrotic damage,
0: not a problem. I face on a on a day to day basis. Not gonna lie.
1: And radiant damage,
0: <laughs> also not a problem that I face on a day to day basis.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we're good.
0: Yeah, I think bludgeoning's the way.
1: Yeah, how do you even take radiant damage? Like,
0: I do- well. That's the question.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah,
0: uh, that's a question for philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> much much more learned than I
1: uh, well then, like I said that was the last question we're just going to wrap up this is going to be an in and out kind of podcast
0: hell fun. yeah uh,
1: so I've been Glaive slash Danny slash immune to bludgeoning damage
0: <laughs> and I have been V slash Vela slash Rin slash three dogs who are immune to different kinds of damage which isn't helpful if you know which order they're sitting in but
1: then it just raises questions of like, which one is immune to which type? Hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, but if you know which one's immune to which type and you know which order they're sitting in in the trench coat, uh, yeah, then it's fine. Yeah.
1: That's why you just don't tell anyone. Anyway, uh, we, like we said earlier, we have an uh, email address, canon at gmail.com. That's cannibalizing with a Z.
0: We also have a Twitter account, at cannibalcanon.
1: We also have a Discord, at least a channel in a Discord, uh, all of which is in the beacon link below. If I'm you have,
0: gonna, I'm just going to rename the Discord. I'm just going to do it.
1: No, we're going to make a new Discord at some point.
0: <laughs> at some point, yeah. Uh,
1: for, for all you loyal cannibalizing the canon fans, all three of you. No, there's at least like five. <laughs> <laughs> We'll find out. We're gonna make the new Discord, and then we'll put, we'll announce, like mm-hmm. it in the beacon link there, in like a, a soon episode, and then we'll find out exactly how many people are caught up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as they join individually, one by one. Okay. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, that's, that's us, that's us done for episode 32. Mm -hmm. Um, and we will catch you
1: next time. Heck yeah. Bye. Bye. (laughs)